September. That's the sound of Bitcoin and Ethereum and Uniswaps and Cumrockets and everything else in the crypto space this week. Who could have seen this coming? We'll talk gold, we'll talk silver, we'll talk copper, the usual there. We'll talk gates and gates, gates gone wild, the gates are misbehaving, vax badges. Mr. Hodge, I'm going to see if you have your vax badge yet. UFOs, Elon, Lamborghinis, the markets, all sorts of things to get into, so let's get into it. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the world famous, the witty, the insightful, the chartist, the technician, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 118 of Bizarro World. Thank you, everyone, for to, for joining us on our weekly therapy session. Mr. Hodge, do you have your Vax badge yet? I do not have my Vax badge, though I am vaccinated. You know, this is obviously the road that uh, we didn't want to go down like <laughs> <laughs> haven't even heard of a Vax badge until 30 seconds ago, but I already don't like it. How you doing, Gerardo? I am well. Thank you for asking. It's very important that I enunciate that correctly, right? Because a slip of the tongue will take a Vax badge and turn it into a Vax badge. And you could get slapped in some parts of the world for asking someone if they have a Vax badge. But... Or elected president, you know. Just... <laughs> I am well. Um We'll get into the Vax badges in a little bit, but we got to start with crypto. Grab them right right by the Vax badge. (laughs) Uh, We're also going to get on a serious note into the reproductive laws and women's bodies in Texas and Florida and all the fuckery going on there. So don't think it's all going to be Vax badge jokes all pod long, everyone, but... Let's get into the markets. We got to start in the crypto space. You and I joked last week. I wrote about it. You've written about it that, look, eventually the music stops playing. The clowns wipe the mask off their face. And we were due for a pullback, right? Uh, Bitcoin was up some 300% over the last six months. We know the run it's had over the past several years. And so it was really interesting to me to see all of the disbelief in the crypto space that something could pull back 30 40% from these highs. Um, I know you like the chaos. I have to get your thoughts on how you process the drop, what you think follows. Is there more room to the downside? Is, you know, is this the time where I'm asking you a lot of questions now, but we'll get to them. Is this the time where you have to start being selective with your crypto coins and picking winners and losers and is this a, a a come to Jesus moment for the crypto crowd, right? Is this when they get serious about actually looking into if there is value, if there is scarcity, if there is utility? Because that hasn't been the case up until now. I met a young lady last week that um, <laughs> didn't know what I did for a living. And I just asked her what she did. And she gave me the whole spill, right? She's like, I am a crypto babe. And it's to the moon. And we're going to buy lambs. And we're going to be fab. And it's smart young lady, um, intelligent, knew her stuff, but like she had all the bullet points down. Right. And I should have known then that was a contrarian signal. <laughs> um, and, and that in part kind of inspired the, 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 the writing that I did this week. And a few days later it started crashing. So first off, did you enjoy the chaos? Have fun being poor crypto girl. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. You enjoyed the chaos. 
I, so it's a whole lot of questions there a lot. and a whole lot of and a whole lot of chaos and it, it still is as I you know look at the price it swung at three four thousand dollars today Bitcoin did so um inherent in the it's a volatile um asset a new uh, currency commodity however you want to classify that in your uh lexicon but anyway it's volatile so <clears throat> what, what do I want to say all kind of stuff um you know there's been so many shoes sh- yeah, who so shoe socks, uh, shoe, <laughs> shoe shine boy moments, shoe shine boy moments in this crypto run up. You and I have talked about right the pizza delivery boys talking about crypto. Yeah, uh, you just had your crypto girl. Everybody owns it, right? Grandmas, dads, moms asking about it, and so there's been so many of those moments. Uh, we didn't know when the top was going to be. I mean, we've talked about the the metaverse, crypto lands, and digital assets, and NFTs, and uh, cummies and uh, Uniswaps and all sorts of stuff. And so, you know, w- which one of those was the top going to to be? And 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 ultimately, I mean, you know, what was it? You call it, right? I mean, the media wants to run with the... Uh, the Elon narrative, the, right. right. Right, exactly. You were writing about the Chinese uh, f- financial rules. And uh, I'm sure there's some math and some chart stuff involved in there. And it's funny <laughs> that it pulled back right to 30,000, which would be like the resistance line. And so... Um, and bounce. That, that's a bit. As far as euphoria, right? It was very euphoric week because you had Dave Portnoy uh, making videos about you know which shitcoin he was going to back because he was tired of all this um, you know different stuff about Doge and he was tired of missing out and they were so uh, easily manipulated that he was just going to pick one and get behind it and see if he could uh, basically drive the price <laughs> higher, right? <laughs> so. Um, and he made a whole video about which one it was going to be like it was a draft and he was putting on the hats for the different cryptocurrencies i mean it's a and it's a dog and pony show right and then there was this other guy with hundreds of thousands of followers who was made a lot of money on crypto and he put together this program called bitcoin pizzas right where uh, in the select cities around the country he partnered with uh, pizza shops and you could call and order a bitcoin pizza and get it delivered in like a special uh, Bitcoin box and some of the proceeds went to um, fund development of of uh, apps and things uh, on the on the blockchain that use crypto. But you couldn't pay for the pizza with crypto, by the way. Um, Mr. Pompliano at Pompliano on Twitter. Follow him. He's actually a great follow. I like that guy. I think he's a hustler and I think he's a smart guy and I think he's a he's a big advocate and ambassador for Miami and people moving to Florida and and uh, yeah no no him and his brothers are a great follow. Sorry to cut in. No, but then I mean there was signs of the euphoria and then and then boom and in a month you get Bitcoin cut in half from sixty four sixty five thousand down to uh, right around thirty thousand where it, where it bottomed very quickly and and then bounced back up over forty and so um, you had a lot of questions. What would I say? We've been telling you about the shit coins, right? And so for me, it's it's Bitcoin and Ethereum. I, I, I've been saying that. Um, I think it's it's par for the course if you look what Bitcoin's done over the years, right? It's known for uh, sell-offs and, and losing significant portions of its uh, value and then uh, retaking its previous high and, and moving higher. And um, I think for, for Bitcoin, this is uh, par for the course. I was a buyer down around $30,000 this week. Ah, so, so you and Crypto Babe, you and Crypto Girl would actually get along. Well, here's the thing between me and Crypto Babe, right? Which is where the conversation goes next. And 
you know, I want to talk about owning something, which is a whole uh, wider conversation. But these people uh, who are uh, only invested in crypto, right, is the thing, right? Um, live and die by the, the the crypto, right? I don't think Crypto Girl had a diversified portfolio of of, of stocks and other assets, right? Um, and so, don't be judgy, uh, that, Nick. <laughs> that, that, that's, don't be that's judgy. <laughs> Well, it's not being it's not being judgy. It 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 it, it leads to a, a lot of wider discussion as far as like, and I've been saying this for years. Like, what are these people going to do as they mature, as they see these haircuts and see the volatility in the cryptos? I think they're going to, uh, you know, invest in other things. I don't know if that's going to be uh, gold, but I I think it is. And, and I'll shut up now because I've been talking for a while. But uh, you can see that this week as gold approaches 1900, it didn't really blink in the face of uh, stock market sell-offs, crypto sell-offs, et cetera, right? In fact, uh, you could definitely make an argument that money coming out of crypto is uh, good for gold, not because I think that uh, crypto detracted from gold in a, in a, in a, in a, mon- in a money sense as far as money not going into gold, but I think it's just been a, an attention hall, right, and um, has has diverted attention away from uh, other asset classes that I think these crypto investors are gonna are gonna now start looking at. So, anyway, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, my thoughts. Excellent answer, by the way. And I do want to have the discussion about ownership. Um, my thoughts are this: there, you know, you and I were at a conference a few years back. I was on a panel, a precious metals panel, and somebody asked, somebody in the crowd asked, you know, this is when Bitcoin was seventeen, eighteen thousand, and they asked, well. You know, what What do you say to people that believe that Bitcoin is the only way forward and that gold is dead? And I said, well, I'll say that they haven't had their faith tested yet. Right. And sure enough, we saw a subsequent drop to I think it was a low of three or four thousand when you called the next bottom. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely <laughs> below five thousand. Yeah. Right. And then that was the drop that kind of made room. I talk about energy all the time, right? That kind of made room for that next leg up, which overshot to the 60,000 level. And so I think the correction is healthy. I think both Mr. Nick Hodge and Crypto Babe have a bright future um, with their Bitcoin holdings. I do believe that this is the time to start differentiating from you know, a, a Dave Portnoy who of Barstool fame, the, the, the founder of Barstool that went on and said, I, I forget which one it was like something moon, right? Let's say it was safe moon. He said, I like the word safe and moon. And so I found, <laughs> I found a coin that has the word safe and moon. So I am investing $200,000 in it. And the very next day it crashed. It was like poetry in motion, right? It was beautiful. Not because it crashed, because it spoke to the fact that this was just speculation at its finest. I root for everyone to make money. I, I, There's not a hater bone in me. I want to see everyone do well and prosper and be free and be left alone by government um, and live their life in a very productive and happy way. So I'm not, I'm not cheering his, his loss of, 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 of capital, um, but I was amused by the chaos and the timing was just really ironic and delicious to me. But, but I do think this is a come to Jesus moment in the crypto space where people are going to have to start asking the questions, you know, why did it bounce at, from that $30,000 level? I'm talking Bitcoin now, you know, why, why did other Bitcoins hold up well? Um, Jim Bianco had a great thread on Twitter about certain coins tied to the dollar 
that actually did really well and didn't suffer a loss at all. And, and Those would be stable coins, Gerardo. There you go, which are different than what type, Nick? Uh, what I mean, shit coins, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. They both start with S. Very different words, kind of like vax badges and vax badges, <laughs> right? So important differentiation. Important to make the distinction. One will get you in trouble. You know, one will make you happy. And so you want to make sure that you know what you're buying, why you're buying it, and look. I dabble mostly. I've said this on this podcast many a times, and you know this because we're friends in life, in real life, not on Twitter or this podcast. You know that the bulk of my assets outside of real estate and, and some precious metals, which I use as as my, you know, when it all goes to hell hedge, um, most of my portfolio is invested in, in, in natural resource stocks and the higher risk, higher reward ones in the junior space. That's my comfort level. But I know that, I could take a 50% loss on a whim. I, I'm very clear about that. I know why I'm buying. I know what I'm buying. I know what my timelines are. I know what the upside is. And even then, oftentimes you're not going to get it right. It's the way that it goes. Even being informed and having a phenomenal network and access to the company and the management. So I say all of that to say, this is an opportunity. Um, some crystal ball action here. I think Bitcoin will see new all-time highs before the year's out. I think Ethereum will see... New all-time highs before the year is out. I think gold sees new all-time highs before the year is out. I think uranium sees new yearly highs, not all-time highs, but that's coming sooner or later. And so, look, you have a favorable market. You have favorable monetary policy. You have fiscal policy that, you know, the compromises now are between $2.3 trillion and $1.7 trillion. It's, it's, it's all a shell game. You have central banks behind you. There's more capital chasing assets than there are quality assets. And now that that capital is going to start differentiating between those quality assets and the trash, I actually think that's extremely bullish for Crypto Babe and Nick Hodge and myself in the junior resource space. I think if, if, if you buy good stuff, you're going to have a phenomenal year and a phenomenal couple of years. I own many more resource stocks that Bitcoin as a percentage <laughs> of the portfolio, Gerardo. For the record. <laughs> so listen, the other thing that I was really heartened by, I, it made me smile. You mentioned gold. I think, you know, I think, I think gold and, uh, you know, the crypto people and the gold people and the major U.S. indices just got to get in a room and just get it out of the way. Right. I think that they're all headed higher. I think, you know, the little mini flash crash that we saw in the market for a couple of days, gold didn't blink. Then rates went up a little bit. Gold didn't blink. It went higher. Um, that is healthy to me. Now, is it sustainable? I think we'll know. I, I, I've said the past few weeks that I think it's getting ready to either break out or break down again. I, I don't think the sideways pattern continues. Price action the past two weeks, extremely bullish. Does that mean it, you know, can't drop a hundred bucks? No, the markets are going to do what the markets are going to do. We will see which way it goes. But the trading action looked good, and silver's hung in. They're closed at 27.50. Gold closed at 18.80. Copper had a good pullback to 4.51. Again, healthy. If you get a pullback in these copper names, well, I think you can kind of preview what the charts say and see what they did when they hit 4.82, new all-time highs, and then look forward six months because I think we get new all-time highs again. So sounds like a lot of bullishness. There's a lot to like and a lot of ways to make money out there right now. 
not a lot to add there, except that uh, the dollar has broken down over the past, uh, I don't know, a week or so. I guess. 100 so, years. <laughs> well, yeah, but even more so over the past um, uh, recent weeks, which has allowed gold to go to 1900. And you, we cite this sideways action, but really gold's been moving up. And so, yep. um, you say, I mean, it's at 1900. And so that's where it's sort of going to be make or break if you say it's going to ready to break out or break down. And so uh, that's definitely something to watch. But uh, that dollar ticking down, I mean, uh, uh, let me just put my mouse on it so I can see the exact number. It's down like 1.5, 1.6% in a, in a month. That's a big move for the global reserve currency, right? That's a big move for the global reserve currency. Absolutely. It, it, it shouldn't trade that way. Um, and yeah, and, and I think, look, I think it's part of the reason why China's going to eat our lunch if we don't get our act together. I mean, I don't see us getting our act together. And again, that'll take some time. And that's another discussion that we've had in the past, but we'll, we'll have it again. Um, but yeah, the bottom line is, look, there's a lot of ways to make money right now. I talked real estate. I mentioned that and we've talked about how hot the market is. Austin is ridiculous right now. There are homes. There's a home that's listed on the corner of our subdivision that sold for 150,000 over asking price in one weekend. And I'm not talking a million dollar home. I'm talking maybe a $500,000 home that sold for like 650. These are homes that just three, four years ago, you could have bought for 350, 400 maybe if it was bigger and nicer. Um, so, and that's all of Austin. That's Round Rock. That's Georgetown. That's Austin. That's the entire area. And apparently it's across the country. This is something that's happening everywhere. So again, I think there's a lot of capital chasing a finite number of goods. And if if you're able to discern the quality from the trash, you are going to do extremely well in this cycle um, should be a fun rest of the year. I give you just a little fast little anecdote. Uh, we were out to dinner. Well, actually, we weren't out to dinner. It was a cooking class. So you just get drunk while you make your dinner and so on. <laughs> but um, anyway. Sounds fun. One of the guys is a, is a mortgage broker and, you know, there's lawyer, insurance agent, all kind of people there. And, and, and the mortgage broker has obviously been crushing it here in, in Spokane, right? And so um, he's been buying all kinds of toys, side-by-sides. They uh, they already had like 20-some goats, but they've been getting like ponies and, and they added some donkeys and he built like a big shop. And, and one of the guys tells him to, to slow down because the, the mortgage boom isn't going to uh, last forever. And he's, he's just, without misses a beat, he says, you haven't seen my bank account, man. <laughs> It's like, I mean, it's like a boom, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I see a lot of people that think they're smart right now. Um, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, hey, again, kudos to you. I'm cheering for everybody, right? Um, except for the pedophiles and the rapists and uh, the domestic violence people and all the people that everybody knows I hate. But other than that, like, I'm cheering for everybody to do well and prosper. But there's, there's, there's a moment of accountability in everything that we do. There, there will be one in the gold space. There will be one with the dollar. Um, I think the crypto crowd is is going through one now. I think it's healthy. I think it's good. I think it forces you to ask some questions. And um, yeah, I think we're in a good place. I feel good about all of it. I do too. I like it. Um, let's talk Helium. There was a company um, that you offered as 
a pre-IPO opportunity, a true private placement for accredited investors because you, unlike other services out there that promote themselves as being able to provide insider access to private deals if you're an accredited investor, really are just kind of crowdsourcing deals and telling you they have the network and the leverage. So there's really no skin in the game and there really is no network there that they're tapping into other than just raising money with everyone else, which no knock on it, but it, that's not a private opportunity. Um, my kid has access to that opportunity, right? If he so wanted to and could check the right boxes. But I say all that to say that you offered a helium opportunity and it started trading today, if I'm not mistaken, um, traded well. And helium is one of those things like, you know, mushrooms, the, the, the deal I did recently, because I'm trying to diversify a little bit because I'm so heavily weighted with the resource space uh, and, and a few other deals that you've sent my way that have done extremely, extremely well. This helium deal is one that though in the resource space is a completely different market. And I would love for you to talk about one, the opportunity you provided and how people could take advantage of that because we're going to talk our own book now. But two, the market itself and, and, and what you like about this specific one. And, you know, it's a brand new company. It's, it's, it's a free podcast. So being able to introduce a brand new company that just started trading in a sector or space that's really opaque, I think is a, a benefit to people listening instead of me just ranting and raving about vaxxed badges and waxed badges. And, <laughs> and we'll get to the vaxxed badges here in a little bit. But tell us about Helium, Nick. Yeah, go ahead and press mute and you get your uh, weekly dose of talking our own book and um, uh, setting up some content for some topics that we want to talk about. So, uh, you know, the easiest place to start is with, uh, you know, balloons, right? Because that's everyone's basically experience with helium as you go and you fill up a balloon for the party. And that's been quite expensive. If you haven't noticed over the past couple of years, you can go fill up balloons and, and pay 20, 30, 40 bucks really quick. Uh, just for some gas that used to be uh, pennies or a couple of bucks. And so um, it's a very long story. And I guess I'll just get into it because we're on a podcast and that's what we're here for. But uh, helium is very valuable and it's uh, very hard to uh, find in economic quantities. And it's very hard to store because it's the lightest element uh, on the periodic table and it escapes uh, the Earth's atmosphere. And so, um, or at least one of the lightest on the periodic table. And so if it's not in a, a natural uh, underground uh, dome or in a, in a tank, it, it, it leaves. And so <laughs> humans have known that it's valuable for some time. It uh, helped as far back as the, the world wars, uh, for example, uh, because of its low boiling point, because it's light, because it's inert, uh, et cetera. And so, um, you know, all the way back in the 1920s, I think it was, Congress said, well, we got to start storing this stuff. And they built up a big reserve, used it to win the wars, um, help create the uh, atom bomb. And then it, it, it became sort of expensive and, and the Cold War, too, because it helped us go to space. And then after that, it became sort of expensive to store in the, the National Helium Reserve that was created by Congress was uh, ordered to, to be sold off. And that sort of was completed. That was in the, in the 90s. They mandated that and it took 20 years to sell it off. And they stopped selling the helium uh, uh, to commercial enterprises in 2018. But now it's critical for all sorts of stuff that we uh, do. And 
I'll give you just, I guess, a, a couple of examples. It, like uh, they, they blast helium into fiber optic cables to, to insulate the, the fiber wires so they don't get uh, nicked or jacked up. And, and that's important for the Internet. And you have to refuel, literally refuel like MRI machines with helium because it's, it's the helium gas that uh, makes it stay pressurized to, to let the imaging work. And then it has all sorts of other uses in hard drives and semiconductors, which there's a giant shortage of. And so um, I guess I'll stop rambling on about the uses. But uh, once they stopped selling from the helium reserve, which is where commercial uh, enterprises were primarily buying this stuff from, uh, the price went up. And so it went up very fast from like $100 per uh, million cubic feet or MCF to to well over 300 and now like uh, people are private contracting for $700 to $1,000 in MCF, which is already a 10 bag increase in just the commodity price in a couple of years. And so you have to relate it to other small uh, resource markets. I mean, there's just too many natural parallels to rare earths or specifically mm. urania, uranium, yep. where there's not a lot of uh, quality deposits. It's not necessarily a rare element, but it's hard to find it in economic quantities. It's hard to store all that sort of stuff. It's critical, uh, et cetera. And so companies that have started to um, list, it's sort of like a mini boom, right? Have done quite well. I mean, uh, there's been Royal Helium and, and Desert Mountain Energy, and both of those stocks have gone up, I mean, thousands of percent, at least 3,000%. There's one that went up 3,000% called American Helium that doesn't even have a website that works. I don't even think they're in the helium industry anymore, but the stock still trades, but you can't even go to the website. It's, just, <laughs> it's so interesting. There's so few companies that anyway, if you can actually do a real deal like in uranium, you know, you got a shot at, at doing okay if you can keep the share structure intact and uh, do what you say you're going to do. And so um, anyway, the race is on for helium. People across, literally across the world are looking for it. And, uh, and not just here on Earth. Now, there's different kinds of helium, a helium-3 and helium-4. And I'm not going to go down that road because that's above my pay grade. But uh, billionaires are looking in outer space for uh, uh, a certain kind of helium as well. It's, it's no secret, uh, you know, uh, Bezos and Musk have talked about this. And um, it's also one of the keys to... Uh, making fusion work. So, you know, there's just a lot of interest in helium and it's an opaque market. There's no spot market. It's all private contract if you can. And there's only, uh, it's like an oligopoly, right? There's only like uh, Lind and Praxair and Air Products. And if you can find an economic deposit, you can contract to those people at, at opaque terms and, and make a lot of money. And so um, I started looking for for deals in the space and came across one uh, that was doing things uh, right on the geology and engineering side and also on the capital market side. And I got involved with it, wrote checks at lower prices, got people involved. And, uh, you know, it started trading today. It was up as much as I think, you know, 40% more than its go public financing price and trading millions and millions of shares on day one. So, hmm. um, so happy yeah. subscribers, I imagine. Well, that's it. I guess that was the first part of your question. Yeah. I mean, we do that in a, in a publication called Hodge Family Office. That's just for accredited investors that want to invest in uh, private deals. And you, you get to fund these things literally privately, oftentimes uh, before they're public. And, and if not, certainly at uh, generous terms, either you know below the, the price that it's currently trading or, or with warrants that uh, uh, give you a bit of leverage to sweeten the deal. So uh, it's a fantastic way to invest if you're uh, able and and capable and anyway uh, even if you can't invest privately I mean helium is is something to take a look at so 
uh, stay tuned because you'll be hearing a lot more about it from us, I'm sure. Do you have to have a Vax badge to be a member of Hodge's family office? <laughs> no, I would never require <laughs> such a thing. So apparently, well, let me let me provide some context and some background. My wife and I have been together happily, thankfully, for the past 20 years, right? Going on 20 years. And we started dating before we were exposed or privy, privy to dating sites, social media dating sites. So I've never been on, neither has she, right? And hopefully neither of us have <laughs> on a Tinder or whatever the heck's still out there. I, I, I couldn't tell you what's out there, a match.com or I don't know, Cupid's nose, whatever exists out there. We've never done that. We've never experienced what it is to date in the age of social media and dating apps and what that looks like. So a, a part of what really just kind of puts me in a funny mood about this whole Vax badge thing is one, I don't, I, I think it's silly enough, like just dating on dating apps. Um, it, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, we have acquaintances and friends, of course, that, you know, are, are, are younger or divorced or separated or just dating and they love the apps and they're always looking. And it's just weird to me that you just kind of look and like see a face or an image and like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. It's kind of like porn, right? Like, uh, don't like the title. Don't like the caption. Don't like the image. Skip, skip. Ooh, I like that one. That one sounds good. And the title doesn't mess with my moral compass, right? So anyhow. It's the same way you pick shit coins. <laughs> there you go. Apparently, apparently. And so it was interesting to me to know that dating apps are now providing a feature where you can upload your vaccination card. And if you do, and you're fully vaxxed, you get, you guessed it, a vax badge. And so a vax badge now makes you like, if you're into that sort of thing, like front of the line, right? And I mean, that's where we are post pandemic. And at first I thought it was silly. And then I started thinking about it, like just from a practical perspective. And, I, and I'm, yeah, I mean, if I was single and I was dating and, you know, I, I, I was looking to hook up with a woman out there, of course, I would much prefer to see, <laughs> let me be careful here, a Vax badge <laughs> on her profile um, just because, it, you know, it would just make me feel a little bit more at ease with the pandemic now getting better and all of that. But I think it's neat. I think it's uh, creative. I think um, I, I, I think I read somewhere that the Biden administration was encouraging um, and supporting like nine different social media dating sites. And I call them social media because I'm old. I don't know what they're really called, but just dating apps um, to, to, to incorporate these Vax badges. And so, so yeah, Vax badges may, may, may help with, you know, the second part of that <laughs> equation. So congrats little... to those. I'm a little relieved. I thought it was uh, <laughs> going to be more sinister, government related, and I also thought it was going to be a physical um, vax badge <laughs> that you could then you could you could put little shiny and stickers on it, and you could you could bedazzle your vax badge. You could show everybody. Your vax badge may lead to that. You know that is up to consenting adults, Nick. We are no one to judge, right? I tell you who probably disagrees with me, Texas Governor Greg Abbott probably disagrees with that. He probably wants to know whose JJ is bedazzled and if there's stickers on it and if it's waxed and if it's vaxxed. I mean, I would bet, 
I would bet, and, and obviously I'm a betting man, right? That's what I do for a living, kind of. Um, I would bet that he would have an opinion and try to pass a law saying you can or can't bedazzle your JJ and have a waxed badge if you have a vax badge. Um, and I say that not just to be funny. I say that because he just recently signed into law a very creative new way to punish abortion patients. Because, of course, I mean, all the kids are doing it, Nick, right? It's all the fun rage. Haven't you heard? Can't wait. Have you heard about this law? I have. And, yeah, you got a Supreme Court going on for another law. And it's just, yeah, total libertarian for me. So I I just don't understand the intrusion. And Anyway, go on. Yeah, and and look, let's be absolutely clear. I, I joked about all the kids are doing it. Well, look, nobody that I know is looking forward to having or having to have an abortion one day. I've known many people that have. I know many people that are completely dead set against it. Look, nobody does that for fun, right? Let's get that out of the way. So I am all for increasing funding to education and access to education and access to prevention and all of that. It really strikes me as very hypocritical for Governor Abbott, who, along with, you know, his 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 group on on, on the right, talk about individual liberties and rights and are so passionate about the Second Amendment, as am I. And, and, you know, we just passed a law here in Texas where you can conceal carry now without even taking a training course. And so guns are defended with such fervor and passion as an individual's right to bear arms and carry and defend yourself. However, when it comes to sex education, when it comes to abortion access, when it comes to access to just have a conversation about options, whether or not you need an abortion, this bill now will make it to where anybody that even has a conversation about abortion with you, if you then end up following through with that, they are also liable. And the way that they are working this in is as a workaround, right, to the to the Wade versus Roe roadblock here, is they want to allow private citizens the right. They don't want to. They just pass this. The right to sue anyone who aids or abets his language in abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. And the goal, of course, is to bankrupt the hell out of anybody who will even have a conversation with you about it. And, and, and it's just extremely, extremely offensive to me that friends, family members, clergy, the people in your church, a rape crisis counselor could be sued if there is a conversation with either of those people, the pillars of the community, that mention or indicate that this is an option. Any one of those people could be sued for up to 10000 or for a minimum of $10,000, excuse me plus attorney's fees. It is insane that in 2021, we are having this discussion and that same party, that same party won't even agree to an independent investigation about the insurrection on the Capitol. The law and order party doesn't want to know what really happened and who was communicating with with legislators and and, and they, they, they want nothing to do with it. The same people 
that had like a hundred investigations about Benghazi and Hillary's emails, right? And believe you me, I'm no huge fan of Hillary, but the hypocrisy is staggering. And in this situation, in this case, it's extremely, extremely, extremely bothersome to me. And again, I am not somebody that says, hey, abortions are fun. Everyone should be doing it. But I am also not somebody that believes in telling any woman what they can and can't do with their body. And I, yes, I am all for sex education and funding and prevention and getting as much awareness as possible. So no woman is ever in a situation where they have to even think about this stuff. But that's not the world we live in, everybody. So this is complete bullshit. So once again, Governor Abbott, after me giving him kudos for lifting the mask mandate and you know empowering businesses to get back and, and fight to make a living, he earns my weekly... Fuck you, politician of the week. Well, it's so dumb. I mean, uh, it's a it's a woman's issue. It's this isn't a government thing. It was decided long, long ago, and I don't even understand uh, why it's an initiative or a priority for uh, any politician, other than to uh, kowtow to. Uh, ever ever shrinking a religious cohort who um is also dumb as fuck with their creationism so it doesn't make any sense to me and i'm unapologetic about that as uh, someone who um someone whose wife was a you know counselor in the women's health industry the stories that you hear out of there are absolutely uh, atrocious from you know incest to, to rape nobody wants to uh be there right and so uh, to continue to uh, attack a woman's ability to uh do what she thinks is best for her and her future is is frankly uh un-american and so um you know there's a court case in front of the supreme court right now and and i'm, I'm sure this law that you're uh have just described in texas is going to come under equal legal scrutiny and um, I guess that's about all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's, 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 again, it's amazing to me that they even attempt this, let alone pass it, let alone throw a press conference celebrating it um, in a state that is so supposedly pro-liberty and pro-life, the state that just got done executing someone, forget about the merits. I mean, you know, it just can't go both ways, right? It's so weird. I think in one state they, and, and sorry to get off topic, but I think in one state, uh, it might be South Carolina. Sorry if I'm wrong. I think they just, you know, legally brought back firing squads yeah. because uh, <laughs> the, the drug companies stopped providing them drugs with which to do lethal injections. It's crazy. Like, why? Why? What? <laughs> I have no answers to the why. I just, I know fuckery when I see it. And this is fuckery. This is just intrusive, abusive. Um, you're, 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 you're re-traumatizing, you know, rape victims or victims of incest that are in a situation that's traumatic enough by, you know, adding another layer, you know, is, is, is if I'm a young lady or an old lady or any age lady, a woman who's been raped, and it results in a pregnancy. And I choose to not want to move forward with that pregnancy. 
and I talk to my mom or I talk to my dad or I talk to my priest or I talk to anyone about it, it's a tough enough decision to make for anyone. Because again, this isn't like the cool thing to do. This isn't the thing where like it's just fun and games and everybody had a blast at the abortion today. Um, mimosas, right? No. It, it, and so on top of that, now the consideration has to be, well, what if I tell my mom and she sued and we don't have money, so $10,000 could bankrupt her or put us on the street. And we know what this looks like because we've seen this in the 50s in America. We know what happens. You end up with coat hanger abortions. And so when you, when you, when you have laws that shut down Planned Parenthood clinics and you have laws that make it to where you have to drive 10 hours to even have access to the education, let alone the abortion facility. Well, you're making it to where only the rich can do it. And it's, it's, it's all sorts of isms. It's classism. It's, it's sexism. It's a lot of isms and none of the good ones, everyone. None of the good ones. And thread carefully because it's Texas now. Um, but yeah, votes have, con elections have consequences and your vote matters. And I'm really, I'll be following this to see which way it goes. Well, and you got a lot of out-of-staters moving into to Texas too. I'm sure you have some don't California my Texas bumper stickers going around and those people vote. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be a fun decade. I'll say that. It's going to be a fun decade. An interesting one. Um, so last week we talked about Bill Gates and we also talked about Matt Gates and the Gates have gone wild, right? We now know that um, Mr. Greenberg, who is Matt Gates's buddy that, you know, he hung around and hit the town and, you know, hit, 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 hit the apps and all of that. Um, Joel Greenberg is his name. Um, has now pleaded guilty to seven counts of, and I want to get the counts right because this is important. So let me let let, let me let me make sure that I get the uh, the, the exact thing that he was dealt um, and accused of and pleaded guilty to. He pleaded guilty to sex trafficking of a minor and a host of other crimes. In exchange, he's cooperating fully with prosecutors. We talked about that last week. Um, but now it seems like Mr. Matt Gates is next in line because there's really not that many other people to tell on in this case. And Mr. Gates has gone quiet. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. He is now saying, Joel Greenberg is saying that they both paid women to have sex with Gates and the two shared sexual partners, including a minor, a 17 year old girl. Um, and the part that, you know, as if it wasn't sick enough, if it wasn't sick enough, um, they used taxpayer dollars to the tune of $70,000 to do this with Nick. And so kudos to whoever paid to fly a plane over the federal courthouse on Monday with a banner that read TikTok Matt Gates. I thought it was hilarious. I thought the message was on point. Um, <laughs> I would contribute to a GoFundMe to do that again if you're out there listening and happen to catch this little corner of the world we call Bizarro World. Um, reach out, let us know. I, I, I'd be happy to contribute to another one of those flyovers. But yeah, curious to see where that goes. And then last week we also said it was really interesting that you know Melinda Gates had made it a point in her divorce, one of the few public details that had been leaked is that 
she had trouble with Jeff Epstein giving Bill Gates marriage advice, which I think any woman or man probably would be correct in assuming it's probably not the advice. The advice Epstein gave Bill Gates was hilarious in a sick kind of perverted way. He said he thought Bill Gates and Melinda Gates' marriage was toxic. Can you imagine, Nick, if Jeffrey Epstein told you your marriage was toxic? Mm. <laughs> and so I guess Bill Gates took that advice to heart because shortly thereafter, he he allegedly cheated on his wife with a Microsoft employee, hence him stepping down from the board. And I knew last week, we thought last week, okay, there's got to be more to it. That's starting to come out now. Another thing to keep track of, I thought the Gates, and Th Gates thing was... Uh, you know, a, a, a funny play on Dumb and Dumber. Um, but for all the things that Bill Gates is accused of, this one seems to have some validity to it. And yeah, just a naughty, 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 naughty. It's a naughty little homophone there, the, the <laughs> Gates and the Gates. Gates and the Gates. <laughs> Nick, it's 2021. And in 2021... Anybody can start a podcast, hence the reason that here you are listening to us 118 episodes later, um, and just start a podcast and rant about whatever, whatever you want. So in 2021, the world is so fucking crazy that we now have confirmation from the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, and multiple, multiple uh, branches of our government, including the Navy and multiple pilots, um, that have now confirmed absolutely no shadow without a shadow of a doubt that UFOs are real. UFOs are, are, are real and, you know, if not just unidentified flying objects, but the kind that you see in the movies that do things that no human technology to date that we know of has the ability to do. Um, there's a gentleman named Ryan Graves who was a former Navy uh, officer He's a pilot and, you know, they asked him on 60 Minutes how often he would see these UFOs. And he would, he casually said, uh, what do you mean? How often? Like, and they're like, yeah, how often? Like every couple of years, like, you know, once a year, was it like exciting? And he was like, oh no, no, no. It was like every day for a couple of years, Jesus. every day for a couple of years. And so. It's 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 at the point now where you know there's 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 a task force, a real one. It's going to the Senate. Nobody's even denying this. Um, Barack Obama was on a late night talk show, and you know they asked him about the UFOs, and he basically casually, you know, said, um, "Yeah, you know, it's um, it's 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 kind of a kind of a thing." When I came into office, I asked, and I was like, "Is there a lab somewhere that we're keeping the aliens and the spaceship?" and they joked and then they said, well, there's footage and records of objects in the skies. We don't know what they are. We can't explain how they move, their trajectory. They don't have an explainable pattern. We don't have an answer. Um, and so, yes, there's this isn't a you know frustrated Navy gentleman that's just looking for attention, doesn't have anything else to do, retired and bored. There's footage and records of objects in the skies. And, and these are Barack's words here, Obama. We don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain how they moved. Um, and, and so here we are, Nick, 47 minutes into our little corner of the world called Bizarro World. And 2021 is so batshit crazy that that's how long it takes to say UFOs are real. 
I think it was similar last year when we <laughs> talked about <Yep>. UFOs. <laughs> they were uh, popular. They came around. And what happened this week? The guy was on 60 Minutes, right? That's why everyone is uh, talking about it again. I want to see one. I mean, I'm ready for like, what's what's next? I mean, they were, were, were they doing reconnaissance? Are they uh, powered by helium? Do they have their uh, Vax badges? I want answers. <laughs> Oh, I want answers. I want answers about everything. I'm huge on accountability. I'm huge. We've talked about it. We both are. Um, and you know, I, I, I cringe a little bit when I see that again, and I hate to be picking on you guys this week, Republican friends, but it's your group right now. This fucking things up when it comes to this transparency and accountability thing. Um, the Republicans are dead set against an independent investigation as to what happened on January the 6th and if lawmakers were involved in communicating with the people that ultimately stormed the Capitol, killed a couple of cops, um, threatened to kill a bunch of lawmakers and did all sorts of, you know, nasty, disrespectful things um, with our Capitol building. Um, They are dead set against it. I can't for the life of me imagine why. Can you, Nick? Um, I, other than it's convenient to rewrite history. We would never do that in America, would we? <laughs> no, and I don't have his name off the top of my head because I don't make space for that stuff in my brain. But there was a guy on... Uh, <laughs> Meet the Press last Sunday who was talking about, you know, it was January 6th was like just another, uh, uh, you would have thought it was just another tourist trip in the, in the U.S. Capitol. And then, of course, uh, Twitter did what Twitter does, got <laughs> pictures of the guy <laughs> in fear for his life blockading the door. And again, it's funny because it's so insane. It's as if they don't know there's video and pictures and it's documented. This isn't the slave days. This isn't, you know, we we were writing up the Constitution and we wrote three-fifths, but we really didn't know what we meant. And it was all about state rights. And, you know, we got to keep the statues up because of our history and our culture and our heritage. And look, arguments to be had for another day. I don't want to have those right now. I'm just telling you the talking point from the right when it comes to transparency and accountability and we have to remember history and this is why we should preserve it right that's all we heard last year when the black lives matter protests were going on and everybody that wanted to cancel every statue which again i wasn't completely uh on board with all of that like i i i think it's important to remember history and how fucked up it was and and to document it we don't have to celebrate it but we should absolutely document it and we shouldn't rewrite it which is why i don't want to rewrite this i want to know exactly what happened i know the retail version I know what I saw when I was sitting in my living room and I couldn't believe my eyes. And then I kept telling my wife and everybody that I, I, I that, that I knew, like, oh, they're going to start shooting any second now. Because I had just seen what they'd done to the peaceful protesters a few days before, right? They're beating the fuck out of them. The ones that weren't doing anything, journalists that were out there covering it, holding a camera, they were getting mashed out and stomped on by the cops. So I was like, oh, they're beating the cops up now. They're going to start firing. This is going to turn deadly. And then nobody did anything except for a handful of the Capitol Police that, you know, they squared up with these people and, 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 and they fought a lot of them back. And some of them were brave and saved a lot of lives, but there were a lot of them that weren't. And now we're realizing and, and finding out that some of them were in on it. And I suspect that's the case with 
a lot of the people from the right. To be fair, 35 out of 211 Republicans did vote for an independent investigation. Again, it's important to note here, this isn't the Democrats wanting to have just a Democrat-led investigation, which of course is going to be biased and corrupt because that's what every party does is bias and corrupt everything, right? They view everything through their own lens. This is just for creating a commission and having an independent investigation to try to sort out what the heck happened and who did what. And so, yeah, really, really interested to see where this goes, if it goes anywhere. But I think it speaks volumes that the party of law and order wants no accountability, no law, and apparently no order. The gentleman's name who said it was uh, just another tourist strip in the Capitol. Representative <laughs> Andrew Clyde. And um, yeah, the Washington Post headline was perfect. GOP congressman compared Capitol riots to tourist photos show him barricading door. <laughs> and so um, it, it, it's just so hypocritical. And, you know, kudos to the Republicans who did vote for it. Right. Like one of the Absolutely. guys who, who has been, you know, on it all along and, and was butting heads with Trump is like uh, Romney, for example. And so, um, yeah, it's time to like, you know, stand up and 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 be heard if you're on like the right side of history. Right. And I think that's going to uh, pay dividends for uh, Republicans who want to actually serve going forward. Right. You know, the other thing is. People are stupid as fuck, Gerardo. So, um, you know, if you look at the polls, Trump is still like the, you know, who they want in office and and and, and that sort of stuff. And so uh, it's all very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, also interesting, we have Lamborghini. I mean... Of all the brands, right? Lamborghini is known for beautiful vehicles, beautiful engineering, um, you know, loud engines, high speeds. Um, they've decided they are going completely electric by 2030. I was a bit surprised there. And I think, I think, I don't know, but I think a mutual friend of ours and 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 his family are going to do really well with that classic car collection with combustible engines inside of it in the next 20 to 30 years because apparently that you know it's 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 everything is going it's 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 going the way of electric um it's going to launch its full first fully electric car before 2030 and wants to be completely electric by then What do I want to talk about? I mean, I'm interested to see what completely uh, electric means. I know. <laughs> like words, words mean things, but you know, there's I'm oh. sure going to be a collector's edition or a limited edition. I mean, I just can't see it. But anyway, that's not the point I want to make. The point I want to make is, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's uh, go doing this in some capacity. Like uh, Porsche has has made a big push uh, into electric vehicles. Stock has done. I quite well. I actually saw an all-electric take in the other day. I had to do a double take because it was it was completely silent, and I was like walking right by it. It was it's a uh, good-looking car, by the way. Pretty sharp, yeah. And um, no, I mean performance cars and 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 commuters alike. And so, 
Um, but again, like you say, I mean, the, the, the hobbyist enthusiasts, uh, car enthusiasts, et cetera. I mean, they love that, uh, internal combustion engine, but anyway, no, the, the future is, uh, electric and it's, it's happening. And, uh, Ford was out this week with, um, you know, the launch of their, uh, all, all electric, uh, a Ford F one fifty, which is the best selling uh, yeah. car in the in the in the in the country, and it's uh, came at a forty thousand dollar price point, which is I thought was the most interesting thing to me uh, to start. Obviously, you know, base model, but um, you know that's uh, affordable in the in the realm of, of Ford F one fifties, and so um, I think you're at a turning point. I guess is is what I'm saying. I agree with you. I think we're at a turning point on many fronts. Um, Last but not least, I have to touch on it because I've been wanting to speak about it a few weeks and it keeps passing us by because we keep going and here we are again, almost an hour, right? There's a lot going on, but have you read about the mysterious brain injuries that U.S. personnel have, diplomats, um, a lot of cases, CIA, State Department, Defense Department have come down with here in the past five years or so? I haven't, but that sounds very Russian. Let me hear. So there's more than 130 people now that have what what the New York Times describes as mysterious episodes that caused brain injuries in spies, diplomats, soldiers, and other U.S. personnel overseas starting five years ago. It's more than 130. Um to the Biden administration's credit, uh, I, I, I guess he's allocating more dollars and personnel to more aggressively investigate this. Um, initially, the first publicly confirmed cases were concentrated in China and Cuba. And there were about 60 of those, not including a group of injured CIA officers whose total, of course, <laughs> was not public, right? Because they're not going to tell you how many of those guys and gals you got. Um, but now there's new cases from Europe and Asia and so, yeah, I mean, it's just odd. I'll give you one example. There's a gentleman in 2019 serving overseas and he pulled his vehicle into an intersection and then was overcome by nausea and headaches. And two-year-old son's in the back seat, starts crying. And after he pulls away from the intersection, everything just goes away and the kid stops crying. And this happened multiple times. And so, you know, you're, you get one case, you get another case, you get a third case. But now it's up to over 130 people, not counting the CIA number, which they don't want to disclose, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, some of these are long-term brain injuries, like including debilitating headaches and um, sensory phenomena, such as sound and pressure or heat um, or vertigo or head or neck pain. Um so interesting. I, I I don't know where they go with this. I'm sure they have an idea of what type of microwave weapons and who owns these and who could possibly be behind it. But um, yeah, let's see. I mean, just another thing for our men and women out there that are, you know, doing the good work to 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 keep us ahead of the game. Uh, another thing they're exposed to, right? As if there weren't enough things. So they're saying it's microwaves. They're saying it is likely a microwave or directed energy device. Directed energy. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Um, and, and, you know, and, and sadly, 
there's physicians at Walter Reed that are telling, you know, government officials like, look, a lot of these are so severe that several of the victims here are at risk for suicide. They're on suicide watch because it's so debilitating. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not, not, not good at all. And I mean, again, you know, whoever has this technology, um, I, obviously, I don't know what's stopping them from scaling it out, but, you know, war and uh, everything that goes on behind it, there's many different types of wars and you don't war to be kind, right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with someone and, and figure out how to be the nicest to them, right? I try to figure out how to put them in the most uncomfortable position I can put them in to try to make the conflict go away and end up in my favor, right? If we're going to be in a conflict, which is why well, I prefer not to be in conflict. I prefer to be happy. And that's why I got my Vax badge, Nick. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I mean, we're just coming off the, the pipeline attack. And this is another one of those, you know, uh, future warfare type things that you have to add to the list. And uh, unfortunately, an all too frequent reminder of those uh, things that are there just below the surface, right? Agreed. Nick, what's going to happen this week in the crypto space? Does it come back? Are you and Crypto Babe going to agree to to profit together and prosper and to the moon? I'm not sure, Gerardo. It's like I say, it's so volatile. It looks like... Um, uh, you got a bit of a, a recovery bounce back over 40, but that didn't hold at all. And so, you know, this thing won't stop trading all weekend, of course. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, next week. Like I say, 30,000 right about there is the is the level it has to hold. And so uh, it's heading back down there right now. I don't uh, get paid enough to, to tell you what's going to happen. If anybody is in New Orleans tonight, local food, mystical music, the city's best bartenders, I am not being paid for this. I just think it's hilarious. Stormy Daniels will be reading Oracle cards. So if you're if you're in New Orleans and are in the mood for some mystical music and that delicious New Orleans food, we all know the bartenders are amazing. Um, Stormy Daniels, author, actress, um, uh, consultant to the famous and former dancer and porn star will now be reading Oracle cards for you. So... That's happening. That's all I got. Nick, anything else you want to get off your chest? Sounds like the perfect place to bring your what, Gerardo? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to leave it alone, Nick. I'm going to leave it alone. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'll leave it alone. That's all I got. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 118 of Bizarro World. Have a great week, everyone. Nick, some words of wisdom? Nothing. See ya. Take care, everyone.